0: I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. I'm Devisha Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. Jaron Holder from Holder
1: Down Performance. I'm Corey Willis with PPI. I'm Drew with DNJ Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. Diesel Power Podcast. And you're listening to the Diesel Power Podcast. The one and only
0: Diesel Power Podcast. What is up, Diesel Nation? Man, it's exciting. Summertime's rolling around it's take these trucks out and you know, go fishing and hiking and road trips and all that stuff so we know uh, a lot of the questions you know that we get this time of year and guest requests and stuff it kind of almost kind of flips from the performance side to like what's usable um, what's practical and especially because there's a lot of these trucks you guys use them for work so we've uh... we've been working hard you know lining up some people to to get on, talk about their builds, um, why they chose you know, a particular truck to, to basically start from scratch with and, and what their plans are for it. And we wanna thank our, our sponsor, ATS Diesel Performance, for bringing this episode to you. ATS has a complete lineup of transmissions for everything from a first gen Dodge Cummins through the, the Power Strokes, 7.3s, all the Duramax motors and year ranges that have been out all the way up to the current trucks, and all of them come with a five-year, 500,000-mile warranty, and that you know covers the converter, uh, the transmission. Um, you can customize them. So if you need, you know, say one for a four or 500-horsepower truck you're driving every day, you're probably not going to need to get into all the crazy billet shafts and drums and all those sorts of things. But if you do need something like that, they've got them as well. So if if your truck is at a thousand horse or 1500, or, or you want to build it to that. There's a ton of different options for you, and also if, if you're looking to just say rebuild it yourself, we know a lot of the guys out there, they're comfortable rebuilding their own transmission. They've done it before. ATS has a full lineup of rebuild kits where you're going to get the clutches, um, the gaskets, filters, um, you can combine it with say a billet input shaft, billet triple disc converter, the ATS 5 Star. And you can basically mix and match that to meet your exact needs. You're not overpaying, you know, for things you might not need. So we want to thank those guys for bringing this episode to you. Right now we're going to get into a talk about an 800 horsepower Cummins work truck. Uh, we know it's real popular out there. A lot of our listeners and our fans, they own construction companies, transportation companies. They use these trucks every day. But we all know that that stock sucks. So we're going to talk uh, with Dave. He's a a, a long time a you know, friend of the podcast listens to him he's gonna tell us about his his truck his journey through you know the diesel diesel ownership different models he's had and why he chose this one good to chat with you today and uh yeah yeah i know that uh you've got your your baby there that you picked up your your o3 cummins it took you a while to find one huh because you were really looking for something specific
1: yeah, I've owned an O2 before, just did the edge programmer and some stacks and really loved it back in the day about ten years ago and got rid of that. It was a short bed. I do constrain a useless, so especially with the stacks in there, even though I liked them. <laughs> I went and bought an O4 long bed.
0: Well it put more in the back of the bed, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it'd shoot out chunks. It was it was fun, but you know, it wasn't the right vehicle for doing construction work. But I did buy the 04 long bed and equipped that one. had a programmer on that, too. It was nice. And I ended up selling that and buying a Duramax, a long bed Duramax.
0: What year was it? Uh, it was
1: a 2015.
0: Ooh, the new body style.
1: Yeah, it was kind of nice, but it was, you know, deep in my heart, I'm a real Cummins guy, so I felt a little, a little yuppie so inside to sell it. and found myself a 03 black long bed. It took me about six months to find. and. Getting ready to do some work to it.
0: It is hard to find a black long bed because the most of the time you think of a long bed, they're they're like work truck they're white, you know, and then to find, especially like those 03, early 04 models that are, you know, in good shape, you know, that give you a, a platform to build on, you know, and do some stuff.
1: No, exactly. That's what I loved about it probably the most. It was hard to find, it had a little bit of damage on it, but I fixed that and lie next to the front grill and bumper and bed and got it looking good and lifted it and not too high but you know did a six inch lift and now it's time to do a built ats transmission and get it going
0: nice nice and what's funny you mentioned about construction is a lot of the guys that uh, that i talk to or call in or you know send us messages they're in the construction field you know either commercial or you know just doing tons of different things could be paving do you see a lot of that out there just a a lot of construction guys gravitate towards a diesel truck for, you know, what they can do.
1: And Yeah, I think they need it. You know, I do general contracting, and everybody from a plumber to a roofer to a tile guy, you know, loading a tile, two pallets of tile, or towing of a lumber, you just, you need that power. And most of these guys, including myself, we pretty much live in our trucks. So it's to have something enjoyable, throw a little power into
0: it. Uh, do you see, like, is What's always kinda of fascinated me is in different parts of the country it seems like certain brands are more popular. I think probably Cummins the most popular nationwide, but like in in your area where you're at, do you see more Cummins, more power strokes, more Duramaxes? Are they all, you know, kind of about the same out there?
1: Yeah, most of these guys I think they you know, they don't really don't have too much brand loyalty. It's usually who you know, when it was body style and what year are they buying it, right? Most of these people we usually buy a new truck every three years so you know i i know about everybody with my company went and bought the the um gmc denise but now that's, that's the old nice. body style so now we got you know everybody's wanting to buy the new forwards <laughs> and so it's, it's just you know they're just chasing you got to do tax right off so the price is always at least fair for the business owners and upper management type guys and they're always asking me like why do you stay with your truck Like, it's the baddest-ass platform you got.
0: (laughs) And they're simple, too. It's just like, there's no DEF tank, there's no DPF, there's no EGR on it. They're pretty simple, you know, for
1: being a commoner. Exactly. No, and that's what I had with Duramax that I had. It was like, I can either delete it and deal with trying to put everything back on and have the hassle of the work. You know, because it's a work truck, it's my day off truck, it's an everything truck. You know, it's my camping truck, a hunting truck, does it all. So, to delete it and then have it down for a week to throw all my stuff on, I just don't have that look. So, I wanted to go pre-emissions and throw a five-inch straight pipe on it and have that nice drone. There's no <laughs> that
0: coming, the coming sound, man. Hear people from. Two blocks away or farther <laughs> with those.
1: <laughs> yeah, all the, all the guys are like, man, how come I can't get my new truck to sound like that? I'm like, you can, but it's got to be a company.
0: <laughs> you had mentioned hunting.
1: And we get to delete all that emission shit off it, too. Yeah,
0: yeah you, you had mentioned hunting, and that was another thing that uh, a, a ton of the diesel guys are into. It's like outdoor stuff. You know, it could be fishing, hiking, camping. Those sorts of things, but a lot of these, a lot of these guys that uh, that call in, that's they they plan their trips, and they might go in state, out of state, but they, they love it.
1: Well, and, you know, here in Colorado, there's just not much you can do. You got um, you can't have an F one fifty and you know put a ten thousand, twelve thousand pound trailer on, drive up the passes at seventy miles an hour, pull off on hook, get your ten on four wheel drive a little bit, and load an elk in the back of your bed and drive it out. You know, that's a it's the luxury that a diesel gives you.
0: Do you do uh is it elk hunting?
1: Yeah, I do deer and elk hunting and you know, fish all over here and when I get off I can break away.
0: Yeah, one of the guys who listens to the podcast he messaged in and he was talking about trying to make it to Colorado to do a an elk trip. He's never hunted elk and uh you yeah, know, he's getting the uh I think he picked up a three hundred wind mag uh by Savage and Mars yeah. Optic and He's gearing up.
1: <laughs> yeah, sounds like he's already got a good platform on that, too. Should be able to hit him out to 800 yards with that 300 wind mag. <laughs> But, you know, most most of the kills here, just because of the terrain and that, you know, you're usually under 300 yards. Um, I have a bunch of different guns myself. I I use a 270 a lot of the time just because of the distances, but I have a 338 Lapua with a night 4 with that. It was about 300-yard shot. I ended up breaking the scope of my 70. just went out, so had to take that out the next day. It wasn't by real choice. More had to. Got that, and it went in and blew about a basketball out of the other side of that deer. didn't ruin any meat, but definitely punched a hole in it.
0: That's a nasty round, like, for how fast it is and the energy that's in the .338. Lapel. It's pretty—it's cool.
1: Yeah, the hollow point boat tail. and Once it hits, it's pretty destructive. You know, almost, uh, you almost got some energy do behind you, it.
0: Do you do you reload them or do you buy factory ammo?
1: And no, I re by buy factory ammo. I mean the um, the Hornady 285s have shot pretty good out of it. The but yeah, I reload.
0: Say so for yourself, for you know, for how you how you shoot or what you want it to do, with some experimentation. And the
1: 270. You know, you. I mean, you just load them kind of basic, and they shoot a little more accurate. But it's fun, you know. It gives you another hobby when you got time, something to fuck with. You know,
0: you have some fun with. You'd mentioned, you know, picking up a an ATS for your truck, and they have. It, there's there's so much, so many people who know the ATS brand, as they've been around for, gosh, over 25 years now, or close to 25 years. And they're like one of those companies where they have everything for much any truck so like the transmission packages like where you can customize it for say what you want to do with your truck or someone else might be a bone stock truck they want something better you know than factory and want a good warranty with it or exhaust manifolds and compound kits and there's tons of Duramax parts um, power kits rebuild kits all that sort of stuff and it's uh it's really cool to be able to talk to somebody who's you know interested in it they've got questions and it's not like there's just one product that they can get. They can actually get a whole system because so much engineering goes into, you know, Sonic release. Like let's say compound turbos, you know, as an example is there's engineers that are designing it, you know, electronically and then they're making models of it and then they're, you know, doing a prototype and then making sure it fits on these different year trucks or maybe just a particular year range of trucks so that when it goes to production, there's no guesswork, you know, there's no, is this going to fit? Is this not going to fit? Am I going to have to go to the hardware store and get something? So, you know, they've really stood the diesel market. Um, And especially for the newer trucks, like, you know, we talked about earlier with the, you know, new super duties and the six, seven power strokes and everything else to offer pretty much any diesel guy parts for their truck for lowering, better power, you know, kind of all that stuff. So, you know, when you're looking at your truck, what, uh, what were some things that, that you wanted, you know, out of a transmission, so if you're, like, what kind of power level are you building it to? Um, did you want something that could do a little bit of everything? Or, or what was the thought process when you were starting to investigate transmissions?
1: Yeah, kind of for mine, you know, being out in Colorado definitely makes it nice that they're in the same state and I can get it installed by them and, you know, kind of just drop it off and they can make it a little less hassle for me, which I yeah. definitely appreciate that. But I also know they got a good product so that I've liked for a long time. Um, I wanted to do the stage six. No particular way. I'm not going to be drag racing or anything like that. But I also, you know, I want to be able to tow, not worry about it. I want to be able to do a boosted launch when I'm messing around on my day off, not worry about it. But I only wanted to build mine to about 750, 800 horsepower and just have something super reliable. Um, I was thinking about running their 4,000 and their 6,500 turbo as a twin set.
0: That's Yeah, that's one of the things, too, is like, especially on the, the four-speed you know, 47 and the 48 RE transmissions is there's not much of a difference between say an 800 horse setup and one for more. And it's just really the intermediate shaft being billet and the materials, you know, the shafts are made out of. So it's like, if you're going to do it once, you know, why not just have a little extra insurance? Maybe you want to build it to 850. Maybe it accidentally hits 850 or 900 or something one day, or you're just like, you know what? I want triples on it, or I want bigger injectors. And you've got that that transmission to handle it
1: exactly yeah I don't want to have to pull it out like I said downtime on the vehicle is pretty important to me so I look at the kind of the cost between a 6,000 and a 10,000 you know that could be the cost of a couple jobs just during the week of or even during a couple weeks of just having to pull it out and rebuild one and that's what I really like about ATS1 being local to just the flexibility with the stages
0: what uh what led you to the compound say first like a, a big single turbo
1: i think it's just being an altitude here at, you know yeah. just in the cities, you know 5280 so and like i said i go a lot of hunting trips and pull trailers i didn't want to have a hard time spooling a turbo or get it rolling and then have to back it out on the on a pass and then have a hard time lighting it up again so I think the Twins just offer real good versatility here.
0: That's true. you know, Especially, like, the, the, there's no weak point to them. Like, big singles have come a long way. Um, you know, like, so at lower elevations, they can work really well, for, even for towing and, you know, taking to the track and stuff. But once you get up to 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 feet, you really see the difference in, say, trying to get a, you know, an S-475 or an S-472 going versus a compound setup where you've got two turbos, you know, working together, one at the lower RPMs, one in the mid to high RPM range and just giving you that all round, you know, performance.
1: Oh, exactly. Like like I said being here and then running maybe like some one fifty or one eighty injectors and think that'll help with the probably do the um, twin fuelers a little bit after that. See how I like that.
0: You're gonna love those twin fuelers. Those things, like the how quickly the, the throttle response difference. You're gonna love it, especially if you say so don't have them to start, and then you add them, and you can like feel the difference in in what they do. They really help not just with power, you know, or atomization of the fuel, but just that throttle response, how quickly you get the turbos going. Even you know, like that compound kit is gonna spool quick, but it's gonna be even faster with that twin fueler kit.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, that's kind of everything I've read about it, too, and really wanted to do it from the transmission back. You know, I wanted to do the aluminum one-piece drive shaft, the fast fuel system, kind of get all that maintenance stuff kind of geared up, new new hoses, you know, all that good stuff from the underneath forward, and probably run a Titan tank, and, you know, like I said, I hate filling up. I can go through 30 gallons of gas in half a week driving around town in the city, so... You know, it'd be nice to have that 60 gallons, get that done. And then I think the next one's going to be air, probably do the intercooler and the, the turbos. And I really want to run ahead. Been looking around at those.
0: Yeah, we were talking about that before the podcast a little bit, The those D&J precision heads, which are really nice. They do, they do a ton of work to them. And, I mean, they've got it geared up, too. So, like, even though, you know, they're not near Colorado, they've got the cores there you know get your stage one stage two whatever you need a custom setup and then yeah they just ship it in put it on and you're ready to go
1: yeah i think that'll be a good you know my good stage two job for me is do that intercooler with that um, stage two head and you know the set of twins and some head studs and a little better push rods and i think i'm set up for injectors and twin fuelers after that
0: yeah that's a good plan it's 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 something that man there's horror stories i've heard like you know the, the cummins motors so capable and they haven't changed a whole lot i mean of course they did with emissions and you know different turbochargers and stuff but like the same head studs that go on a 99 go on a 2016. No, absolutely um you know the, the cp3s what they did on a 03 or 05 is you know yeah the cp3 has changed but it, it's it's something where the manufacturers they don't have to basically start from scratch so you have this tremendous aftermarket of parts and a lot of times you know like the turbo kits are sexier you know you see them you hear them um the programmer the twin fueler the injectors and sometimes people will do that first and then you've got a stock 48 or e behind it and it's going to get pissed off <laughs> when you try to crank oh, that absolutely turbo through right
1: well, I've seen guys do that, just even in my field, and they're driving the shop, you know, work truck around, flatbed for a month, because they're trying to get the money saved up to get the transmission done, and like I said, it's all about downtime, so for me, it's do yeah. the do the mechanically maintenance parts, because I've always felt the weak spot on Cummins, really, has always been the transmissions, so, you know, yeah, get no, that tight. out of the way, and I think the motor's capable for whatever you want to put into it.
0: That's true. I mean, especially on those 0307 motors is make a ton of power on them, you know, without having to really dig into it. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, guys will call too and they'll say they're looking for a truck. And you, you probably have, you know, friends and associates, you know, in the construction industry that'll, that'll ask you or hear people talking about like, which truck should I buy? Which one's the best truck? what What should I do? And a lot of times it comes down to money and power. So they think, well, how much money do I need to put into this truck to get to the power level I want? And it gets a little tricky because, like, yeah, you can get that, you know, that 5.9 Cummins. It's going to be able to make a ton of power. But you need to set aside some money for the transmission. Versus, say, you know, like a a Power Stroke. Um, Like a a 6.4, you know, just even 6.7 Power Stroke. Is the transmissions on those are so strong? I guess you know if that's the right word. Just out of the box, that they're not having to buy the transmission first. But when they want to get to you know a certain power level, that's when the motor build's going to come in, the billet rods, or you know just some of the other things that that are more expensive. And they basically all end up being about the same price when it's all said and done. It's just where where do you want to spend the money? You want to spend it on the motor first, or on the transmission first, or
1: both? Absolutely. Like you said, I had a that had a same year 2015 i think they're lml's right yeah um he was he was asking me the same thing he's like why'd you buy that i was like well they sell a tranny tune for a stock transmission you know you get maybe 525 to 550 at the wheels with a programmer and he'd delete it and he lives up in conifer so you don't have any emissions i was like for you it's a great truck you know because most people i don't think have a concept You know, I'm kind of thinking of it from another area, more from a construction zone than from, you know, performance side. A lot of these guys don't really comprehend what that power actually amounts to because they read the numbers that come out on these trucks where, you know, it says 397 horsepower, 850 foot-pounds of torque. Well, that's not really what you're putting down at the wheel. So when they do a delete and do an EFI live with a tranny tune, that's actually putting down 525. I mean, they're really more than satisfied, yeah. so I'd be the wrong guy to mislead them, like, hey, do this 800 horsepower stage six Cummins build. They wouldn't know how to handle it, you know? They'd hate their truck, probably. be too much. Yeah. Where I've been into it for a little longer, and I kind of like both sides and tinkering with it, and that's what kind of made me step away from the LML.
0: Yeah, they're, the, the, the Duramax platform, I, I had an LMM, and I love the truck. Like it, it, it rode nice. It was just, it was something I really liked to drive around. I love the looks of it with the newer, you know, kind of body style and definitely like the, you know, the 15, 16, 17 body style. But when you look at, you know, you pop the hood on something and you want to put a turbo kit on or something, you want to work on it. It's just so simple when there's that inline six there with, in general, plenty of room on either side. You know, to get to whatever you need to get to, it's just—I think that's what appeals so much about them—is they're like they're—they're—they're they're, they're great motors. They're advanced. You can do whatever you want to them, but they still kind of have that old-school workability where you can do pretty much anything on your own in your driveway.
1: Yeah, and that's just what's never changed about Cummins. You know, I've done a—I have another buddy that he lives up in Vale does a lot of work down here. And uh, he was getting killed up the passes, and the old DPF started to clog on him. He had he had to pay Dodge to replace it, and then he had the same problems again. He was getting into limp mode and all that. And he doesn't he's not required for a mission. so he asked me, and I did a delete for him. This was a couple years back, and once we did that, his truck never went into limp mode again. And it looks exactly like my you know O three five nine pretty much once you get that EGR and that out of the way. I mean, all the Cummins motors look the same, pretty much. It's just what turbo setup you're running, you know, what air intake, but pretty much the motor platform's the same. Six, seven, five, nine, little no variances, but still an inline six. Nothing's too much changed besides that displacement.
0: You think, um, you think you'd ever one day want to have a a project drag truck where you know you find a regular cab? long bed, four-wheel drive, or two-wheel drive, or something, and just, you don't drive it on the street, you just take it to Band or to different tracks and just have fun with it?
1: Yeah, I could see the potential for that. You know, I've kind of gone through different stages. I, a couple of years ago, I bought a Harley, and I got that out of my system, and bought classic cars, and got that out of the system. And I think that would definitely be on the next bucket list kind of item. <laughs>
0: It's fun to take them to Test and Tunes. Or you can even take your daily driver work truck up there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: kind of the idea. You know, you can get into a little bracket racing with that about 750, 800 and see where I can time it out at. Yeah. Get get good at launching it. And that's really what leads me to that stage six more than, say, stage four or five. Just having everything billet, but being able to drive away and go to work the next day, you know?
0: That's what I loved about mine is, you know, it was never like... the the six, seven Cummins I had, it was never, you know, going to be on a magazine cover or something, but it was just a, a, you know, a quick daily driver. And every Wednesday I'd go to test and tune. So I'd leave work, drive up there, you know, air down the tires, you know, race four or five, six times, whatever it was, drive down to the bottom of the hill, fill the tires back up, drive home. And it was just the consistency and getting to learn the truck, like how it would launch, where it, where I needed to launch it at um how to balance the the pressure in the tires um playing with the transmission tune and the engine tuning a little bit trying different stuff it was so much fun just to get it consistent where you know pretty much i, I knew what it was going to do and it was just fun you know it was never something i did for money or anything like that i just had a blast that's what got me hooked on
1: it yeah absolutely well like i said i mean even from my end with that o2 and just throwing a programmer on it and I know some people think think it's obnoxious, but when you're 19 years old and you blow a big black cloud out of your truck, you think it's the coolest shit in the world, you know? And that that alone just made me hooked on it. So then, obviously, get older and develop and find out what you really like and what routes you want to go. And You know, there's just nothing you could go race, come down, load a bunch of drywall or doors into your truck, deliver it, get it dropped off, get a job started, go pick up a trailer, go drive up, go fishing, come down. You know what I mean? There's just, there's nothing out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the allure. And I think why there's so many people that are getting interested in diesel trucks, even if they're the half tons, even if it's the Titan or I know that Ford and GM are working on some. And I mean, the Chevy, the, the Colorado's out. Um, and stuff but it's just they're so capable, and especially with just torque like torque and things you talked about and yeah you do lose a little power at elevation, but it's not as much as unleaded you know so
1: yeah absolutely well, plus the gas mileage I mean everybody says it's not a big deal, but I mean it, it kind of is you know you get a V10 it might even be close comparable stock let's say probably a 100 foot pounds of torque short you can get eight miles per gallon. Yeah. You can get any, you know, any stock diesel is going to get you up around, you know, at least 16
0: and plus so. Well, especially in construction like that's I mean fuel costs, all that kind of stuff, it's going to factor into different parts of a business, you know, with building something out or just your time and, you know, your your operating expenses, so the more efficient it can be on fuel, the better it's going to be.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, you could really dog down an unloaded vehicle just with a simple pallet, you know, or they squat too low. I've seen guys at Home Depot and stuff try to load a pallet of bricks under their F-150 or something, and, you know, the bed is almost, it's all bottomed out, the overloads aren't working, they can't tow it home, they got to take, you know, two trips and two pallets, where, you know, especially on the newer trucks are already kind of set up with the overloads and you know they got better payloads than the older ones do but if you just add a simple overload leaf spring to even my gear some airbags on it i mean you could throw two pallets in there and you're yeah. fine and you don't lose the gas mileage you don't i mean you might lose one mile per gallon but that's a big difference compared to unleaded. yeah
0: No, that's cool it's going to be fun uh fun to see your your build come along and and uh you know, chat with you again and see how you like it, you know, say after phase one and then when you're on to phase two and you're doing the motor and the twin turbo setup and you know, all that stuff and get your, your perspective. That's one of the things that is really hard for say truck guys who haven't done any of that. They want to know, they want to know, well, what was it like when you did the transmission? What was it like when you added the Smarty or, you know, the HP tuners or, um, you know, all these different things. What can I expect? What, what did you see, especially working the truck like you do? They're going to want to know that because it's not a pavement princess that, you know, never tows anything or never has anything in the bed. So that's, that's something that a lot of people are going to want to know, you know, how you felt about it, what you noticed, how you liked it. And then when you do the, the, the fuel in the air, what's it like going from 500, 530 horse to 800 or 750 or 850? Um, You know, especially, you know, probably like going hunting and, and the snow and all the stuff that happens, you know, where there's a change of seasons is, is it harder to drive it in that? Is it about the same? What do you do? So it's going to be cool to follow your build, you know, see, uh, see how you like the different upgrades and, and uh, get your perspectives on it.
1: Yeah, man, definitely. We'll definitely follow up with you and get back on again and, kind of keep tuned and kind of go from
0: there. Yeah. We hear some hunting stories later in the year.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's up in late October this year, so should be good.
0: Don't forget, guys, make sure and check out ATS Diesel. Just go to ATSDiesel.com. You just go right up to the top of the screen. You pick if you got a Dodge 4 GM, what year you got, and it'll bring up all the products that ATS offers. So it's not just transmissions or rebuild kits. You know, we talked about, twin fuelers and turbo kits and all those sorts of things. So it doesn't necessarily have to be all about just racing. Most of it actually isn't just about racing. It's about how to make your truck more reliable, lower your EGTs, get better performance out of it, get rid of lag, have, you know, say turbo setups that can support your modified injectors. um, Or if you're running a a big tune on it or something, EGTs are creeping up. ETS has turbo kits to, to help drop that. Um, Exhaust manifolds, big issue on the Cummins, stock ones can crack. Their manifolds come with a five-year, 500,000-mile warranty. And then, of course, the twin fueler kits, which are really popular. It's a really nice kit. Um, Everything comes in the box, so you don't have to get anything. It has the belts and the fittings and the hardware and everything you need to either, if you have a a pump already, a CP3, and you just want the install kit, you can get it, or you can get it with the second CP3. So remember to check out ATSdiesel.com if you're looking for parts to improve your diesel truck.